When I'm asked what is my favorite album, I think people are surprised when I say Pet Sounds. They expect me to give a Bruce Springsteen album, and while there certainly are Bruce albums that I adore, overall, Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys will is my favorite album. And here, coming back from 2016, was where a podcaster and musician uh, Dylan joined me to talk about the Beach Boy classic Pet Sounds. So, as we celebrate September, the anniversary month, here is a reissue of me talking, God Only Knows, my favorite album. This is Molly Southgate, and when I'm not creating amazing dishes for my blog, What's Molly Making?, I'm listening to Set Lusting Bruce. your podcast about Bruce Springsteen, but today we are jumping off the Bruce Springsteen bandwagon and we are pursuing other musical idols slash passions slash obsessions. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and I am honored to have one of my favorite guests, a fellow podcaster and someone who is, loves music Probably more than I do, but it's close. Uh, Dylan. Hey, Dylan, how you doing? Uh, good evening, Jesse. Good to hear from you, as always. Yeah. So for those of you who have not heard, uh, Dylan has been on the show a couple of times. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, Dylan McManus of the Navajo Nation Reservation out here in Arizona. Uh, I've been doing podcasts for the past six years. Uh, I started with Mac's Reservation Radio and then turned it into another show, which is called Delicious Hellfire. And um, I really enjoy podcasting. I love what I do, and I love being guests on other people's podcasts as well. Jesse was uh, the first one to invite me on his podcast as a, a guest, so thank you very much to you, Jesse. Oh, well, I appreciate it. You were one of my early guests, and, and we've stayed in touch via Twitter, and we've talked a lot. And um, we we had you on a week or so ago talking about your experience of meeting Bruce and having your mom squeeze his face and so if some of you haven't heard that you need to go back and listen to it um so we've been trying to do this since the summer but both our schedules conflicted mostly mine but um Dylan is a wonderful music historian and is passionate about music and um pet sounds from the Beach Boys um, was recorded in 1966. So this is the 50th anniversary of that album. And so Dylan and I have been wanting to talk to, and so we're going to do that tonight, is just kind of talk about the album and what it's meant to us and maybe talk about the significance and talk about the songs on it. So do you want to start out with, do you have any early memories of the Beach Boys just in general, before we even get to Pet Sounds. Um, yeah, well, you, you obviously know the hits. Um, you know, fun, 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 little Deuce Coop. You know, you, uh, California Girls. I don't think I don't think you really appreciate it more until you get like. Well, I only can speak for myself. Your teenage years. I always read, you know, Rolling Magazine and those big encyclopedia of Rolling Stone books they used to put out back in the eighties. And yeah. I, they always they always came back to Pet Sounds. And I didn't really listen to it till I was uh, a teenager. And uh, don't get me wrong, I love the Beach Boys. I, I love that California sun kind of vibe. It always West Coast uh, beaches and sand and all that kind of stuff and girls and warm. It's it's great. But it was something about Pet Sounds that I can actually tell you the first time I 
bought a copy. And this is funny. Everybody makes fun of my memory, but I can place any album in my life. Like I was here and I got it right here and I bought this, you know, that kind of thing. It's it's really bizarre. I was at the Midway swap meet with my mother. We were visiting family in Seattle before we went back to Arizona. Midway swap meet used to be there in uh, Washington. And it was a it was a swap meet flea market. And a guy was selling vinyl and cassettes. And I needed some cassettes for the road on the way back because it was a good 20-hour drive. And I picked up three cassettes. I remember them precisely. It was uh, Rolling Stones, Exile on Main Street, uh, The Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, and the last one on the list was The Beach Boys, Pet Sounds, because I always read about them in the books. And it wasn't until about a little while into that journey where I realized, like, what am I listening to? It's just so sonically. It's the album that's made for headphones. And just as a teenager, it's, you know, grunge 90s music for me, at least. And I'm going the completely different direction and listening to stuff that was made in the 60s. And it always stuck with me, Pet Sounds, no matter where I went or, you know, where I go, there's like a Pet Sounds. You know, there's there's a song of Pet Sounds that fits a moment for you, just like Springsteen does. There's a song for every moment. And Pet Sounds could be Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday. Then you start all over again. You know, I'm so glad you talked about it that way. Um, I had a little different experience. So um, I graduated high school in 1977, uh, child of top 40, um, had a lot of my friends were into Kiss. And so, you know, I, I was, you know, Kiss Destroyer and Kiss Rock and Roll over and Aerosmith and I had all this you know top 40 rock and I happened to be in a Montgomery Wards in Lake Charles Louisiana the summer after I graduated high school so it's like July 1977 or August 1977 and I in the they had an A track of Endless Summer Ooh, nice. And I picked it up, and I put it in my A-track player, and it was like something I'd never heard before. You know, this simple, you know, you know, I want to rock and roll all night and party every day, and all of a sudden you've got, you know, this catch a wave, and I get around. Ooh, and, yeah. And, and all of a sudden, what is this harmony, and, and what is this complexity and I became obsessed with the Beach Boys. I would find every cassette, 8-track, whatever I could find. And and listeners, I, we will date ourselves, but back in 77, no internet. So finding information about a band was a lot tougher than just going to Google <laughs> and saying, hey, I want to read about this, right? Oh, and how wonderful we're hearing dogs bark, how appropriate for pet sounds. And, <laughs> and so I started, you know, picking up stuff and, you know, you know, Beach Boys, you know, greatest hits and Beach Boys today and shut down volume two and just all this different stuff. And when I bought pet sounds, it was different mm-hmm. and I wasn't ready to hear it um you know there's actually a couple of instrumental songs on it and you're in in i the comp what i usually say is um when i tried to first watch classic doctor who Mm -hmm. i wasn't ready to listen to it i didn't understand it and now then that you know i've become you know, this big Doctor Who fan, and and Charles and I, in my Next Stop Everywhere podcast, we go to the classic Who's, I, I have an ear for it, and I can enjoy it. Hmm. So as I started listening to Pet Sounds more and more, all of a sudden, I started getting it, and I started enjoying it. And it very quickly became one of my favorite albums. It it took me a little way to find the love for it, but once I did, it it became something pretty special to me. 
Oh, I definitely agree. It's it's one of those albums. It depends on the, the person you are, but everybody has a, an album that sticks with you throughout your life, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, whatever. And it, it's Pet Sounds, you know, Born to Run, Sgt. Pepper, uh, The Wall, Songs in the Key of Life. You know, these are these classic records that, yes, but they transcend the time. You know, it's just it's yeah. something you can continue listening for eons and eons until you figure it out, you know, <laughs> or at least for you, try to figure it out. Yeah. And I, I love that. Yeah. And like, I'm, I will go through spells where the Eagles hotel, California is an album that I just love listening from beginning to end. And, and, and it just, it's such a complex album. Um, have you, then another reason I love Pet Sounds is um, later and uh, after Brian had um, had all the events in Love and Mercy had ended and he mm-hmm. was now happy and healthy, you know, he toured doing Pet Sounds live with an orchestra and they came to Dallas and a good friend of mine got us very good seats. We were very on cool. the first row. And we watched and, you know, I had seen when I moved to Dallas, we went and saw the Beach Boys every summer when they came. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it would have to be Dylan. <laughs> My lovely bride would go in the morning, Jesse, you cannot pout when Brian is not there. <laughs> you have to understand that, you know, he's probably not going to be there. And we're just going to have a great day listening to some music. Do you understand? And it's like, (laughs) yes, (laughs) ma'am. You know. Um, And so she and I are there. And to see Brian healthy and happy and singing and the orchestra playing the songs, it was – it it is close to it is hard for me you know i i had a friend who said you know as you talked about right my my favorite bruce springsteen concert is the one i just went to or the one i'm going to next correct right um my friend who has been on the podcast and we mentioned him a little bit in our book signing one richard hunter said you know i've seen bruce you know, 12 times, and I will tell you, you know, my 13th favorite show <laughs> is whatever other concert, right? Pretty much. But I, that seeing Brian the first time doing that was such spiritual and so, you know, I cried. I cried when he sang some of these songs um, mm-hmm. that it was just – um, something pretty special. Um, mm. Have you seen uh, Brian perform this or? Uh, no, I, I haven't had the pleasure. But I, I've actually, I wrote you before we started doing this, about yeah. maybe a week ago or two weeks ago. Um, he's actually coming to Albuquerque with his the last time he's p- performing Pet Sounds at his entirety. He's playing Albuquerque, New Mexico, I believe at the Kiva Auditorium or is it Kima Auditorium? It's a very small venue. I've seen a couple of shows there, and I am definitely going, and I'm debating whether to do a VIP thing because uh, it might be a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing. So I'm debating that, or I might just bring some really good people around me and just just yeah. ba- bathe ourselves in the moment of what Pet Sounds is. Because yeah. I've never seen Brian, and I've been looking forward to that show, you know, oh. that, that one show. and. Yeah, I think that's that's going to be it, and that's next year, I think, May okay. or June. So, all right, well, we we're going to make a date right now that you're going to be on the podcast afterwards and to hear your thoughts. And so oh, we'll make definitely. that happen. Yeah. So what we thought we would do is we're kind of kind of go through the album, uh, song by song, and kind of sharing our thoughts. Um, we'll take turns going first, and let's start out with Pet Sounds, the first song on the first side is Wouldn't It Be Nice? Wouldn't it be nice 
do you have any special stories or thoughts about that song? Um, yeah, first time you hear the the um, was it a piano, but like organ or whatever that yeah. sound is that do 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 do. But when you hear that one crack of the drum, that's that's Bob Dylan's like a Rolling Stone. You just bam, you're in for something. I think Springsteen says that. It's just that one crack of the drum, and then the song begins with the the vocals and that cracking band that throughout this entire record is on every single sound and it's the wrecking crew you know it's uh it's all those great artists that worked in that building it's a wall of sound and you're just like whoa and this your mind expanded the scene at the very end of love and mercy when um the john cusack and um elizabeth I'm drawing a blank on her name. Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, Banks are there playing Melinda and Brian, and she says, what now? And he smiles, and you start hearing that, dun 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 and you know they're playing Wouldn't It Be Nice. You know, I cry. I cry every time. It's really brilliant the way they uh, just silenced the dialogue. Yes. It's just, that's brilliant, you know, it's like, and then they just play the song, and you're just like, you're wondering what they're talking about, but you don't really need to hear it because yes. the song sang it all. Yeah. And it's it's just a, and it's a pleasant song, you know. Wouldn't it be nice? Yes. And it's just a positive, good feeling kind of vibe. When so, Linda and I dated four years before we got married, and uh, just through circumstances, we just she was in college, and we were trying to get settled, and we just were, and. And, you know, we would talk, we would drive in the car and drive around her drinking beer, me drinking Cokes and and just would talk and talk and talk. And, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we could spend the night together after, you know, taking all day long? And um, when we got married on June 2nd, 1984, um, I – we – we went into her Ford Escort, a brand new car she had bought, and I had Pet Sounds in the tape deck, cassette, <laughs> and when we got in the car, our friends dropped us off, you know, we're heading to our honeymoon, I put in, and the first song we heard as a married couple was Wouldn't It Be Nice. Nice. So, yeah. So, yeah. Well, absolutely wonderful song. Next up is You Still Believe in Me. Um, it's a short song, and in fact, you will find if you've never listened to Pet Sounds, um, and as you listen to this, uh, the songs are very short. Um, oh yeah. And 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 it is a short album, but there is so much complexity in both the music and the words, and in a lot of ways, you still believe in me. Kind of reminds me of some of the songs on Tunnel of Love. Where hmm. where Bruce says, you know, one step up, I'm not the man I want to be, you know, and with Brian going, you know, I know perfectly well I'm not who, you know, pretending to be, but you still believe in me, you know, I I think anyone that's had has been in a relationship and have felt that you they have faith in you even when you're not doing everything you you know necessary living up to that commitment but they still believe in you i think the song talks for that and shares it so beautifully
Yeah, I, I agree. I always felt like it was something his wife at the time would have said to him, if not his wife or the band, you know, the rest of the Beach Boys. And I love the harmonies on this one. Just it really flows really, really well. And I, I always like every really good harmony in, in a Beach Boys song. It's, it, it's, it's a cliche, but it's like a wave. Yes. You know? Like a wave, you know, crashing. And you have to think that Brian took the time to meticulously plan every moment of every little thing you're hearing on, you know, this song or any other songs on Pet Sound or any of the song he does. He has a a way of like thinking something like is so to you probably sounds to a avid listener, you know, uh, is inconsequent, inconsequential, but it's it's there for a reason. And I love when you listen to something in depth, you know, again, headphones and you can hear every little pin drop and every little sound. You're like, is that an oboe? Is that something like this? You know, and you're like, wow, it it's it's really well put together. I mean, the whole album. And you're right. When you're saying it with the out, al- the songs are short. This album's like, what, 30, 37 minutes or something like that. And yeah. You got, you got a lot done in that 37 minutes. He he really did. You know, the other story I think of, um, one of my favorite writers is J. Michael Stravinsky. He uh, was the creator and showrunner of Babylon 5, and he wrote elaborate stories that, you know, he would set things up in the first season that didn't pay off till the fifth season, and he told the story that, when he was uh, younger, um, they were working on at one of the schools he was on. They were they had all these old um, pieces of glass or or you know marble or something, and they were going to put the floor down. And everyone else, you know, had this very big chunks, and he had small, intimate, little he tried to make it where there was as little bitty as as few amount of having to put grout in there and he this beautiful mosaic and they kind of looked at him and they said joe what what are you doing you know this is taking you all day but he said that was it's how his mind works and i think that's brian too i think he sits there and you know, just he hears these songs in his head, and you, as you talk about the oboe, or just that right, you know, bass line, or how to do the the song is just it gives you layers upon layers. You know, as you, I think uh, John Lennon said it once about "I Am the Walrus," and he goes, "It's just a little ditty we threw together, but it keeps you guessing for." you know, the next hundred years or something. I'm paraphrasing, but he, he yes. it's those little moments where you're just like, yeah. you're going to try to dissect it for mm-hmm. the rest of your life, you know, right. and probably never figure it out. I yeah. love that though. Yeah. Um, the next song is That's Not Me. Once again, pretty short, but um, thoughts on that one? Uh, I like Mike Love's vocals on this. I think it was Mike, Mike who takes the lead in this one. Uh, yeah, but I, I think you can go back to that song, You Still Believe in Me. And where he's, and then you get that's not me, where you're trying to defend. You're like, you still believe in me, but that's not me, who I used to be, type of thing. I always, that's how I always took the song. I always, it's kind of a, a jaunty kind of little ditty on on the album. I really enjoy. They they place the the really kind of like poppier, peppier tunes in between the ballads, and I think they're really well put because you're just, it's not it, again like the wave. Like the yeah. way it goes ups and downs, and it's it, you know slow because there's fast ones, there's slow ones, and it's just it's a good solid mixture. It's, it's well thought out. I had to prove that I could make it alone now, but that's not me. I wanted to show how independent I'd grown now, but that's not me. I could try to be big in the eyes of the world. What matters to me is what I could be to just one girl. I'm a little bit scared cause I haven't been home in a long time. You need my love and I know that I'm 
Yeah, it really does. It mixes well and it flows. And as you see it live and you hear it on the album, and I do agree with you, Pet Sounds, uh, which is funny because it was not in stereo originally because, you know, Brian is mostly deaf in one ear. And so he, you know, does, did a lot of his work in uh, mono. But mm-hmm. in that, all those different sounds you hear. Um, absolutely. And, you know, I've never thought about that connection of you still believe in me. That's not me. I think mm-hmm. that's a really insightful. And, and just like as um, Tunnel of Love is the story of a marriage breaking apart, you know, this is the story of an artist trying to go to the next level and he isn't sure if he's going to get the support and the love he needs. Um, Love and Mercy talks about that, but it's just clear, you know, Brian's insecurity and his concerns are just written all over this album. Oh, yeah. You can also break down the song titles as maybe the first, you know, whole album, you know, um, it's a relationship or it could be him just, you know, well, that's, you know, him writing about himself, obviously, but it could be like the, you know you can all the song titles wouldn't it be nice and then you still believe in me but that's not me and the next song that comes after that every song could be like a relationship type of thing uh the whole album could be in in a way like tunnel of love where it is a relationship type vibe yeah uh don't talk put your head on my shoulder um it is a very sweet um loving song and and it does that with the title, it presents that image. You know, the song gets me to thinking of that time when you're comfortable with someone and you guys have had a tough day. And sometimes you just, I don't want, just, just lay here next to me. Just you, just need, you, you just need somebody to say those words exactly to you. Yes. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. And, Oh man, it does great vocals again, but uh the when he gets to the part where listen to my heartbeat yeah. and then you hear that Carol K bass line, you know, that doom yeah. doom yeah. doom right and oh man, that was well thought, completely unbelievably well thought out. And yeah. you just you you want that vibe, you know, and everybody's looking for that one person to say, you know, are you okay? Just sit down right next to me type of thing and I really enjoy that track. Uh, yeah, I think it's one of the more beautiful quasi-instrumental tracks in the entire album, you know? Yeah, and, you know, if you strip away the words, you know, the music tells that story to me. And then you're absolutely right when you when you add in the vocals and the weariness of it sounding. Listen, listen, listen. listen. It is just you feel that tiredness and you feel that aching for support um next up is i'm waiting for the day another brian wilson um mike love with leads uh what Mm -hmm. do you think thoughts on that one 
Um, this seems to be my favorite track off of the album, um, it, mainly because of the ending. There was a great film by Alison Anders called uh, Grace of My Heart, starring Ileana Douglas and uh, Matt Dillon. And it's it's a takeoff of like Carol King's Brill Building songwriter, uh, she, and, but they they make a great story about it where she meets a uh, well quote unquote Brian Wilson type, and he's doing this great scene where he's trying to record his Pet Sounds smile type track, and when I saw that film, the first thing I thought of was the ending of I'm Waiting for the Day because that's one of my favorite tracks. I'm waiting for the day when you can love again. love that ending you didn't think no that i could sit around and let you go and then it just it's complete if you got to see the film to get the reference of i'm speaking of well it, it is absolutely one of my favorite songs and it is one of those circular um when i listen to the soundtrack i want to go watch the movie and then when i watch the movie i want to go grab the soundtrack and listen to it um <laughs> Yeah, it, it is. Um, that's. I'm going to put that on the list. In the future, we should have an e- a podcast, uh, an episode discussing that movie and the songs on it. It is by far one of my favorite movies. It's such an untouched gem of a movie. Yeah. And I, I follow Allison Anders and Ileana Douglas on Twitter because I just I, I had to write them every now and then. I tell them, I was like, oh, I love Grace of My Heart. It's still, I still have a high-def copy on my DVR, and I watch it every now and then. Such yeah. great music. Uh, I went back to I'm Waiting for the Day. I'm Waiting for the Day. I just, oh, I love that song, especially for, it seems like something you'd, even in my teenage years, it'd be, it'd be like something you put on a mixtape or a mix CD for somebody, especially if you're longing for them type of thing or you broke up with somebody. I, I love that song so much. I think it might be my number one or number two track off the entire Pet Sounds album. Oh, very nice. Um, then we do get to our first true instrumental. Let's go for away for a while. Uh, very sweet. <laughs> I, I love this kind of interlude it's it's two minutes and 18 seconds it's just brian putting together these all these instruments and songs and it is um just this beautiful little respite before we end the first side Yeah, I always love like let's go away for a while because it feels like you're taking off with somebody. I mean, it feels like you're taking off with them, but also it could be you, you know, getting with somebody. Uh, I always remember that Paul McCartney quote where he is with um, Linda McCartney and they were dating, and he she wouldn't tell him where they were going. 
he he wanted to plan and a pre pre designated route where they're going, and she's like, no, you know, let's get lost together. Yeah. And I I love that idea, and I feel like that song perfect that instrumental perfectly encaptures encapsulates. I'm saying it wrong. <laughs> just wanting to get in the car with the person you really care about and just just follow follow the road wherever it goes. And yeah. I thought it's a perfect soundtrack and. I think Neil Young used this on his Journey Through the Past album, and it must be something there. Neil Young put it on his own album. So yeah, that's that's beautiful. And then the first side ends with Sloop John B. We come on the Sloop John B. My grandfather and me around Nassau town. You know, it was not truly it, – it fits only because of the beautiful arrangement and the vocals. And then, of course, some of the, you know, lines about um, I, I just want to go home, you know, it fits the mood. Um, and it's it, – you know, I – this is one of those songs I will repeat sometimes just for that wonderful acapella section where they you know they do the sloop john b and and just i i love hearing that i could go back and forth with this one because i like i said all the songs to me in a, in a way if you listen to, to it a certain way they connect like you just heard let's go away for a while yeah and then you, you hear them sing this is the worst trip I've ever been on, you know, yes. just and you're like, wait a minute, you just you, we just went away for a while and now it's yeah. the worst trip, you know. But it it has that pleasant, great vibe, and I know it's like an I know it's like an old song, and it's not like an, an original, but right. I always it such really great sounds, you know. It, it and I don't I don't even know I don't even know what this the original sounds like to be honest with you. Right. But this is my <laughs> – this is what you say, Sloop John B. Like, oh, the Beach Boys. And yeah, exactly. They, they might name some folk singer I don't know right now. Right. <laughs> but it's 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 a really great track. And I don't, I don't know why I always come to that line. This is the worst trip I will have ever been on. It's just da-da-na, da-da-na, da-da-na. And I just it's, – it's all good. Well, and I remember the Beach Boys 69, they had a uh, – they did a, a version of them live in London. And at the you know it talks about on the album notes that at the time they weren't very popular in the U.S. and that um, and you know I always thought of I think of that I want to go home I want to go home this is the worst trip the idea of that they are not being welcomed back in the U.S. you know music you know um, mainstream people so I always think of that and yeah great stuff. All right, so then we flip the album over. Yes, that's right. You used to have to flip the album over. Take, and, it, take your time. Yes. You can put the needle back on. Exactly. There and, we go. And then we get the song that Paul McCartney has said is the most beautiful song he's ever heard. Um, this song is um, at the end of Love Actually. Um, when BBC Radio was doing a promotion several years ago, they had all these British musical stars do a montage video of singing God Only Knows. Hmm. It is – have you never seen that? No, I haven't, no. Okay, I, I will send you the link or put it in there. It is an absolutely beautiful um, – they have all these British musicians and opera singers and classical do the song. Um, 
and I there is something about even you know God only knows where I'd be without you but I'd survive without you I mean there is just this complexity of lyrics and beautiful music of that while you're proclaiming your love at the same time you know you're saying well and if you don't like me I'm going to be okay this is truly one of my favorite songs of all times stars above you You never need to doubt it I'll make you so sure about it God only knows what I'd be without you uh, Yeah, I can remember hearing this in a documentary There used to be a great documentary that, not PBS, but I was on, we used to be show on TV in the 90s called the history of rock and roll and that was the first time i heard uh god only knows and just being blown away by you know god it just well obviously you know the spiritual reference i think is is amazing because who knew who knew you could put that on a record in 1966 and get away with it you know and and you it's just flooring and jaw-droppingly beautiful whether you know how you take it or not i think this again like different parts of the songs lead into other songs i think it's like a little bit of a search of spirituality like when you get to the next track i know there's an answer that could be like another you can cut back to something like god only knows you know because i know there's an answer i i it's beautiful and i love how you mentioned uh, love actually, because that's I, I love I love that film so much. But when they I like when they use music well in films where it perfectly captures the moment. Because you just you see the two the couple kissing at the end, they end up together. It's a great moment. But when you put God only knows the first couple bars in it, it just it's 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 iconic. It really is, and there is so much. Beauty and and the great Carl Wilson's lead is just heartbreaking on it, um, and um, I love hearing him sing. And and you know they'll you there's plenty of videos out of him doing it live and such. And it's just one of you know just something really special. And when he did sing those live, it, there's no straining to hit those notes. It's like it's coming from such a really good place where it's just nothing but ease. Yes. And it's just you're just like, wow, because it's there's it's not a problem for him. It's just and that's very rare for a singer. You just, you know, it's either not enough or too much. It's right. not many singers can just hit it right there. Carl was very good. Absolutely. Um, the next one is, as you talked about, I know there's an answer. And this is another really interesting song about, you know, searching and trying to find out. And and I, I know there's an answer out there, but I've got to find it for myself. And, mm-hmm. and this this quest, and as we talked about, you know, in a lot of ways, this is Brian talking about, himself and i think a whole generation of people trying to find what what is the answer for these bigger questions of why am i here what am i doing what what should i be doing hmm. yeah I, okay i could i can understand that yeah yeah oh wow um yeah, well, now I really have to listen to that one again and <laughs> think about it that way. I never really thought about that. I always focused it as the the search for spirituality. You know, the I I know there's an answer. Uh, I feel like it's asking to be, belong. I think it's I, I I know there's a place for me. I know there's I know there's something out there. I'm just 
reaching and reaching and working and working and trying to find that thing. And I, I, that's what I really love about it. And it, it's positivity and it keeps you moving forward. if you haven't listened to this album you know definitely you know in the dark with a candle and you know with <laughs> headphones and just listening to this because and and let it speak to you because the depth in it is you certainly are going to find your day you know find what you think it is um you know and as you talked about, we kind of do, you know, slow, you know, bala, a little upbeat today, and we go to here today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, it starts with just, oh, man, with a great opener by Mike Love. It starts with just a little glance now. Right away you're thinking about romance now. You know you ought to take it slower, but you just can't wait to get to There's this great sound where it goes, did it, did it, did it, did it, did it. And I was like, that was always intriguing because it always tingled my spine when I heard it. I'm going to keep in mind, did it, did it, did it, did it. That's what I hear. What I hear at the beginning of that, I tingle a little bit because little goosebumps in my arm. And it's just a fun song. It's it's not a throwaway. Without It's not a throwaway song because obviously they took so much time and complete this whole album to get every little bit right. It might be the... Not, I hate to say it this way, but the least favorite on the entire album. But it, 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 it fits perfectly in that because you know you just had you know two quasi, maybe-ish spiritual-ish songs, right. so you needed something to keep you a uh, little Deuce Coop, fun, fun, fun kind of vibe to it. You know, and what else is interesting musically is that dump, dump. You know, where oh, they, they, yes. they push yeah. the music and then silence, push the music and then silence. Push the music and then silence. And so, and as this crafts today, um, and also you can bring that other level because it sounds like on the surface, I'm the guy you found, you know, you had before he found you. and But really it could be love and support is here today, but then it's gone tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, and, and not just, you know, physical love and a, and a girlfriend or a boyfriend, but, you know, success and and, you know, what if we aren't pop hits and, and pop music is so fleeting? What if it's here today and gone tomorrow? Um, hmm. So I, I think that Brian was really thinking of a lot of these things. And we go back to that great special Bruce Springsteen Storytellers mm-hmm. where he says, you know, he starts talking about it and he goes, was I thinking about it? consciously you know and he goes you know was i shooting for that but i definitely was feeling it yeah 
I can dig that. I can dig that. And then I think the song that I just wasn't made for these times (laughs) is is just heartbreaking. I it it's yeah. When I said number one, I'm waiting for the day. That'd be like the number one upbeat track on the album. I I don't know. I grew into this song. I think as you get older. Yeah. And. And we all feel like that, but it's a universal theme of not belonging. And I love this song so much, and it still means the same. It means, well, actually, it it meant something different when I was 16 years old than it does now, 20 years later. But it still has those same feelings. Sometimes I get very sad, and just it it can still hit you the same way at 16 years old. 36 years old, 56 years old, 76 years old, it always hits you at that level of wanting to belong and thinking, you know, just, I just wasn't made for these times. And you're right, it is heartbreaking, but it's, there's there's beauty in the distortion. I keep looking for a place to be. sitting there going all of us have felt that way all of us has felt and you're right when you're in high school you know even talked about this that even the campus big man on campus and the homecoming queen had their self-doubt and didn't feel like they fit in and get along and then you you're in college and you aren't sure if you're where you should be and then in a job and you just you're sitting there and, you know, go back to, I just want, put your head on my shoulder, you mm-hmm. know, it, 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 um, it's kind of, I, I love that cry of, you know, I'm not, I'm not here and I'm, and I'm not finding what I need and what do I need to do? So yes, it by far a wonderfully sweet and sad ballad that, um, speaks to us. Uh, without question, the the I to me maybe the best track on the album for me because it just it that you know it you can you can go back to that place but then then some day some days it means something different to you and oh I I I, I want to put that on right now because that's I yeah. love that song you know and um I remember and I you know I've kind of thrown a lot of pop culture Roger Ebert in an interview once said um. That if someone asks me what's the greatest film of all time, I say Citizen Kane. But if someone asks me what's my favorite film, I say Casablanca. And hmm. you know, and so I think if if you what's your favorite song, you know, God only knows. Wouldn't it be nice? But if you go, what's the most serious, or what's the most important song on the album i agree with you i think just i just wasn't made for these times is so heartbreaking and so complex while still being a good pop song yeah because there's so many great chord changes especially in the sometimes i feel very sad part yeah it's two it's two chords and I was like, you're making that work with just two chords. And he keeps going back sometimes. And then when he finally delivers that, I just wasn't made for these times, you kind of have that sense of relief. And it's such a wonderful feeling because you're just like, you're good. you know. And then yeah. 
Yeah, it's a really good feeling. Um, check out there's a I'll tell your listeners. Uh, there was a documentary called I'm just I just wasn't made for these times where he re-recorded that song, which is very good. But also YouTube Amy Mann and Michael Penn uh, doing a uh, version of this song on a TNT All Star tribute to Brian Wilson. Great version as well. Absolutely, I totally agree. Um, then uh, we go to the next, the last song, Pet Sounds, the other instrumental. The trivia was this was um, his version of a James Bond theme, and he wanted this song to be a James Bond theme. Um, it is <laughs> – I've never heard that. Yes, that is the rumor. That is what I suppose – yeah, that's what he wanted. And if you listen to it from that perspective, you really catch that. You can see that, you know. Um, I this is if I had my least favorite track, I would probably be this one. Okay, I'm I'm gonna, I might change my mind about my least favorite track a little bit later because I want to hear this as a Bond theme. Okay, because <laughs> that that's amazing to me. Because if you think of James Bond during that era, it's on Her Majesty's Secret Service, right? And and I was that now that I'm gonna I'm gonna. Because there's a great theme for Her Majesty's Secret Service, but man, that'd be an awesome. I gotta, I gotta somehow watch that with that because that's gonna be beautiful. Oh, uh, as soon as we're done recording, that's exactly what I'm doing. You know, I wonder if we Googled, there's someone who's done the Her Majesty's Secret Service with that as the, you know, you know, credits and that the song. That'd be interesting. Because the, the theme is almost similar to what Pet Sounds is. What I was thinking back to my head because yeah. it goes ba 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 ba. It's kind of really thinking about it. It's kind of like a Dark Side of the Moon, Wizard of Oz mashup kind of thing. <laughs> Absolutely. I can't wait for that. Okay, good. And then the song ends with Caroline No. It is the first song that was actually released as a single without the Beach Boy label on it. It was Brian Wilson. Um, this is, and I know I keep saying this, this is one of my favorite songs. I, I love the, the ache and, and we've gone all the way through the relationship to use your words, right? Yes. You know, we've started with, wouldn't it be nice? You believe in me. We keep going. God only knows. And then Caroline, no, where did your long hair go? It's so beautiful, the song. And you knowing that, you know, I believe his wife was named Caroline, if I'm not mistaken, or some some along those lines. And I be, I believe it's 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 a song, it's a love song, it's a song of longing, but it's just like, but not in like a really down on my knees kind of thing, but still kind of begging, please don't go, you know that kind of thing. Yes. And if you take everything literally, when you hear the train sounds at the end, she's gone. Yes. And that's and then you start the album all over again. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, it does end um you know, famously the the train going away and the dogs barking 
and kind of the backyard silence of, you know, like um, the bugs or, you know, crickets and then silence. Um, and you're right. This is then one of them, though, you start over and to a different depth. Mm-hmm. This was so much fun. <laughs> um, yeah, but, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it could be also we could be just taking this all too literally and it could be just like a really great artist does just puts all of his art out there and none of it is him you know and it could be just all one big story or a series of stories of something that has nothing to do with you know the writer itself you know that line goes you know a great artist puts nothing of himself into his music or his art or i think i'm paraphrasing and and that's beautiful you know that's really ingenious you know you think like oh he brian had to go through all that pain to make you know pet sounds when he could have been you know just writing about anything and whatever sprung to his head yeah yeah i love that it's just everybody takes it a different way yes and i think ever gonna hear the same song twice the same way and that's the beauty of you know of great art and and i truly believe um you know for a lot of people the other story that is a fact is um the beatles have been on record that they never would have made pet sounds i mean never would have made sergeant peppers if they had not heard pet sounds yeah I, uh, that's, that's that's i love that that competition that yeah that healthy between bands back then were just like trying to like this just a little bit more and sounds were so limited but yet they kept pushing forward and we just kept getting great and great art from all these things i love the fact that if the beatles don't do rubber soul beach boys don't do pet sounds and we don't get blonde on blonde by bob dylan you just got to keep challenging yourself to move forward and all these records are amazing and everything we mentioned tonight uh listeners just check them out you know do Absolutely. your own research. Absolutely. Um, Dylan, as always, this is a joy. I Thank appreciate you, it so much. Um, once again, tell people how uh, they can find you. Uh, Maccasresradio.podomatic.com. That's where you can find our podcast, Macca's Reservation Radio and Delicious Hellfire. I am at Macca McManus on Twitter and Instagram, so give me a follow. And uh, hopefully I'll be a guest on Jesse's next uh, episode where we talk about the smile sessions or something. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, okay, so I'm going to include those links. I also will uh, send you the link for the um, God Only Knows BBC America link. And I also think the Amy um, – I do remember that TNT and their version that is amazing. That whole special turned me around on Brian Wilson. And just a little quick thing I could do about that. Is, it, is that okay? Sure, please. Um, that special they did on TNT, All-Star Tribute to Brian Wilson, awesome. They had great, everybody was great. They had Hart doing good, good vibrations. And they had Amy Mann, Michael Penn doing Pet Sounds. I think Elton John did God Only Knows. Billy Joel did Don't Worry Baby. I loved Wilson Phillips doing You're So Good to Me because that's one of my favorite Beach Boy songs because I just love the la 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 parts. Right. The biggest highlight was Brian coming at the end of the show. And this is what excites me of seeing him hopefully next year was it was the actual first time I ever heard Heroes and Villains for the first time. It blew my mind, especially when he sings the line in the live performance from that performance where he goes, In the Church of the American Indian. And I was like, wow, that was, you know, I've been in this town so long. The back, and he yeah. tells it like, oh, my God, everything was just flowing through that. And he ends the show with love and mercy. And just the way he sang that last last song, love and mercy tonight. And that's when, boom, just yes. that's it gets me nowadays. And that's my favorite live performance, that song. Well, maybe until I see him next year. So absolutely. Well, listeners, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Um, I am at uh, I am at Jesse Jackson DFW. Uh, the show is at Set Lusting Bruce on Twitter. Uh, if you want to be on the show and share your thoughts, uh, please send me an email at setlustingbruce at gmail dot com. And for now, we are going to say God only knows uh, what we do without you, and we will appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 